everybody. Thanks for joining us for another great edition of Talking Ticks. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight, as always, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got our season preview here for LSU football. Uh, you know, we're still two weeks away, but uh, lots to get into because next week, we, we thought we would just preview the FSU game. I think there's going to be a lot riding on that one. Uh, going to start the season off with a really good primetime game. So we're going to spend next week talking about that one. This week, we're just going to kind of talk about our schedule and just what the season's going to look like for us and, and everybody else, what we're kind of looking forward to uh, and all kind of stuff like that. Uh, happy to get into it with you guys, but before we do, wanted to check in, see how it's going. Uh, for once, you're not having to worry about a hurricane. It's actually Los Angeles, of all places, which I don't think they've had one since like 1939. So uh, crazy. Uh, you know, hopefully the Saints can still play. But um, how you guys doing? Hoping you're staying cool, getting stuff done. Man, trying to stay cool. It's almost impossible here. I mean, it's like, I, I looked on like on the, uh, the app today. It said feels like 109. So that's kind of miserable. But yeah. like Daniel said, like you said, we got football coming up next week. So getting closer, got the FSU game, you know, so close. You can almost taste it. Really excited. Glad to be uh, talking it over with y'all today. Yep, we're back in our weekly cadence of the podcast after kind of the summer on and off, which is always a good sign. That means we're getting down to the fall, even if the fall temperatures have not quite arrived yet. But yeah, happy to discuss that with college football six days away as of recording in LSU football, uh, two weeks exactly till today. Um, so we're right there. And yeah, happy to bring you the, the full LSU season preview. Yes, indeed. Uh, like we said, it starts off with a good uh, against FSU. Uh, it was a good game last year. Uh, we didn't really know what to expect from LSU being first year head coach and some uh, some new faces around the program, uh, to say the least. But uh, I mean, they it took them a while to kind of find their groove. And you know, it's probably a game we could have won, but uh, you know, just kind of ended with a poor kick uh, among other stuff, but I definitely feel like the Tigers could have had it uh, getting uh, kind of like us. We're getting very similar Florida state team, same coach, same quarterback, uh, Jordan Travers, obviously uh, very talented. Um, I mean, they've had some attrition. We've had attrition. So I don't know. Uh, it's going to be a very good game. Got it on prime time on Sunday night. Um, and I don't know if you guys wanted to go one by one, but uh you know, after that, it's, I don't want to say it lightens up because it's, it's mostly an SEC slate except for grambling. But, um, yeah, after that, it's, uh, it's all SEC till the, towards the end of the season. But, um, I don't know. I think the, the first game will probably tell us a lot. Yeah. You know, it, say? I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that Florida state game is key. Um, I think that that's a going to be a tone setter and, a, and an important kind of almost domino game for college football in general, because, you know, this is a we always we talk about it from an LSU perspective, but this is a Polaris State team that um, a lot of people are hyping up. They say as a, they say as a chance to be uh, a, a big contender in the ACC. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got a quarterback in Jordan Travis who. Um, has the potential to be a Heisman guy. You know, they, they say that he's really progressed and all of that. So um, going to be a big one, really excited about that. And I think that, you know, that one last year, um, the way that our team played against Florida State in the Superdome last year was not even close to the way we ended up. Um we were so much, you know, we, we, we got so much better. And I think Brian Kelly was, you know, I feel like he was embarrassed after that first performance. And, and, you know, that was not the kind of product that he wanted to make um, the standard for his LSU program. And I think that, uh, I don't think he's forgotten about that. So I feel like this is going to be an important um, kind of statement win for him to try and get. I agree. And if you look back on it, Florida State was actually the only close loss that we had last year because we finished 10 and four, but the other ones were getting blown out by Tennessee at home. Kind of the unexpected shellacking at AM in the last week of the regular season, which was a real kind of humdinger, and then losing to Georgia in the SEC championship. So we only lost to Florida State by one point. I mean, 
that's one point is the closest margin possible. So if we can flip yeah, we that, had a drive to win it at the very end. Exactly. And then we missed kicks. The, the special teams was absolutely terrible. Uh, Kelly has made the appropriate changes. I hope in that department. And I think they're kind of going like a special teams by committee approach where there's not really one coordinator, but uh, as long as we can have a guy who can field punts with some regularity and mm. don't make dumb mistakes, like kicking the ball out of bounds on kickoffs. And yeah. uh, we, we, we had a number of missed kicks that hurt us as well. Um, so that's a big area that we're looking to improve on. But the the stage was set with that 93 regular season last year. Overall, uh, I think a win for Brian Kelly and expectations are high for this year uh, only to improve. Uh, the, the schedule is tough as SEC schedule always is our cross divisional opponent this year. Thankfully is Missouri. So not exactly a powerhouse there, but you can never really count anybody out. Um, yeah. Florida state sets the, sets the tone and it's only downhill from there. You really have no time to rest other than that one game against scrambling. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, we do have army middle kind of middle of the season, which should be a, a, a tune up. Um, but like you said, Scott, you go Florida state in Orlando, uh, then grambling at home, uh, and then Mississippi state, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Missouri, Auburn. Then you have a little bit of a respite with army, then a bye week and then Alabama. And that one's yeah. in Tuscaloosa and Florida, Georgia state, which will be, a, which should be another tune up. And then you end the season in Baton Rouge against A&M. In with three straight home games. That's good. Two of those, you know, against uh, should, what I would think would be quality opponents. I mean, I, again, you know, last year, Texas A&M was awful. Yeah. Uh, but we just, you know, we just didn't show up. Really. Oh, that so, day we were worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I imagine they have that one circled. Uh, Alabama was always circled. Um, Georgia State, I mean... I don't know. They probably have that one circled for themselves. Uh, I think it's interesting, though, that because normally we play the the armies and the Georgia states at the front of the season. Here they're in the back. I'd noticed recently in the last few years they've been putting one of those games back there, but now we have two. Um, I think I like that. Yeah, yeah. I guess because you know you, you just got to get down to it in the beginning of the season. Normally we see that as like a tune-up game, like someone said earlier, but. Uh, I don't know. I guess I could go either way. Um, it, it is a little bit of a reprieve from the, the SEC grind, but yeah, at least we're starting off. Well, we got to start off with the cowbells. Then we have Arkansas come to town and then we go to Mississippi, which uh, just by looking at it after Florida state, I think that'll be our next like tough test. We'll see. I mean, I, I do think that I think watch, you could watch out for Arkansas. Now, of course we've said this for two years now, um depend because you know this is it's always been like leading into the season man arkansas is gonna be good this year they could be really good this year um they were really good two years ago uh last year a little bit of a you know not as uh didn't live up to expectations but they had kj jefferson coming back this year um i think they're gonna need a little bit more production out of the wide receiver uh, they, they had some guys move on from uh from that core but i mean jefferson is it's weird. This is not a an SEC with a Bryce Young Heisman Trophy winner or a Joe Burrow or, um, I mean, gosh, even, uh, I mean, even having like Georgia's guy going on. Uh, yeah, well, we don't. I'll say this real quickly. Uh, we don't know if we have a Joe Burrow type yet because I think that could be Jaden Daniels. Well, right? no, you're right. <laughs> but but my, but um my point being like KJ Jefferson is probably the most proven sec quarterback in this, uh, you know, coming back. Um, so I think that they've got a chance to be good and that's not something, I mean, I think we always usually get up for an Arkansas game and play well, but I wouldn't overlook them. Yeah. I'm actually thinking about one game earlier than that. When we go to Mississippi state, a team that we've had our troubles with in the past and uh, I feel like that kind of could kind of be a come down to, to earth game. Let's say we, we beat Florida state. We're riding high top five, obviously you blow out grambling, but then you got to go on the road to a hostile Starkville cowbells ringing. They've already At 11 a.m. Yeah. They already announced it's a noon kickoff uh, and LSU could just stumble there. And then you're already Owen one in sec play with a long schedule ahead of you. Um, so that's one that the, the bulldogs will really be 
playing hard for. We won that one last year, but it was at home. And so if we can get that first step into that five game SEC, I guess you could call it gauntlet from Mississippi state to uh, Auburn in mid October, then that would be a big step in the right direction. And, um, but other than that, yeah, tough schedule. We got Florida real late in the season this year towards the end, um, November 11th. That one's going to be at home coming off the back of Alabama. So if we do lose at Bama, that could be a big bounce back win for the Tigers at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, you'd mentioned something, Tommy, about there not being like a, a Bryce Young. Uh, there's not really, I'd say, well, there's not really many like big names in the league at all. Like ours, I guess is one because of what he was able to do last year, but there's really only like a, a handful or less than a handful of starters, right? Everyone yeah. else is replacing somebody. I uh, mean, when you think about it, maybe the biggest, the biggest name like in college football, like as far as like, especially as far as quarterbacks go, might be Bo Nix at Oregon. Caleb Williams, USC. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, you're right, Caleb yeah. Williams. But still, like Bo Nix and Caleb Williams, I would say yeah, probably sure. the top two. And Jaden Daniels maybe rounding out the the top Jayden, three there. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, well, just to mention the other two two or three starters, I, I'm thinking of. Uh, I, I don't know about Missouri, but um, yeah, everyone's replacing like quarterback and or coach. Uh, don't laugh but I think the guy that has a chance to put up some good numbers, I don't know how their team's going to do, but he is one of the other guys returning. That's Spencer Rattler at South Carolina. Yeah. Um, then like everyone else, George is replacing theirs. Auburn, like they're, you're seeing all these teams starting to name their new starter. Georgia did. I think, I think Auburn named theirs. It was a, a transfer. Um, you know, I, I, I think Mississippi has Jackson dart, right? Uh, that's probably who the, it's probably good. They've got they've got a cut. I mean, they, obviously they got Walker Howard too. Right. Um, right. And then they picked but up somebody else in the portal as well. They did. Um, but like That's Florida Mr. Sanders. Yeah. Florida, you know, uh their quarterback went pro. Uh Georgia's did too. Uh same with uh Alabama. Then you look at Tennessee. Uh, you know, Milton's gonna be there, or excuse me, you know, it's uh it's no longer Hinden Hooker, uh Kentucky. Well, their quarterbacks Levis. in the pro- yeah Levis is gone too, so uh, it's going to be very interesting. Like it, if it if it is a good season for the tires to put uh, all the pieces together and in motion and get everything's clicking, like this would be the season to like make something like that happen again. It it really does feel like and and I you know uh, it, it feels like the SEC is a little bit more wide open than maybe or at least the SEC West. Georgia mm-hmm. might hold it down. I think. I think the only question mark they really have is a quarterback with Sets and Bennett gone. Um, yeah. They have. They have all the talent in the world. They. I mean, they have all the talent in the world at quarterback. We just haven't seen, you know, that send them play on in in you know real life yet. But um, in the West, it really does feel wide open. Like I don't think I'm. I'm not. I. I wouldn't say. I mean, you can never never count Alabama out. I would never say that they're. Um, uh, you know, they're definitely not talent or definitely not like oh it's a down year for them or something like that but they don't have a returning quarterback i, I haven't been impressed with milro um you know they i think that they're gonna have good talent across the across the board but uh i, I just don't i don't see them as world beaters and i don't see anyone else in the west really as world beaters yeah right. and i think i think that kind of level playing field does open the door. I think somebody unexpected is going to make a little bit of a run in it in the SEC, kind of like Tennessee last year, who the expectations were like on the rise, but not sky high. And then they started coming out and throttling people up to number one in the first CFB poll. Uh, And while their season didn't end with the national championship, like I could definitely see somebody taking a step up, whether that's a Florida or an Ole Miss or even like a South Carolina, like you mentioned with Spencer Rattler uh, and just going from the middle of the pack to contending so that, that'll be exciting to watch and maybe that team is is lsu obviously we're top five preseason that doesn't really mean much at the end of the line hopefully we're we're still standing there but yeah anybody can can take it in college football although the the champion does seem to be one of the few georgias or alabamas at the end of the day i do have to wonder does anyone kind of feel like is this is this a&m's time to to actually capitalize on their bajillion best recruiting classes of all time <laughs> i mean you say that every year right 
<laughs> I don't say that. Some people say that every year. Well, the um, thing is, a lot of those five stars have already transferred out, a la Denver Harris and a number of others. Well, but even still, like they 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 had three years straight of like top recruiting classes with some of the greatest recruits ever. Like they still have talent. That's true. And it's like, where is it? Where are they? They have not had a they have not had a real contending season. Um gosh like well i guess really ever i mean like i had what two years ago or three years no i think it was two years ago where they were the number five team and they missed the playoff is mm-hmm. that right um yeah. and maybe i think it was they like went from preseason five to like unranked at the end of this year i know so i'm like i and now i i just checked their 23rd which is kind of funny to me um old miss ranked ahead of them um Cash, there's a lot of, I mean, there's, well, obviously there are 22 people ranked ahead of them, but a lot of people who you think, like Wisconsin, who just got Luke Fickle, we haven't even seen like what the new Wisconsin looks like ranked ahead of, of A&M. Washington ranked ahead of A&M, although I think they're going to be pretty good this year. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. Speak- I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking on that, like expanding the picture a little bit, do we have any kind of early national champion predictions or playoff hopes this is the last year with four teams maybe any dark horses that could make a run at the playoff like a la tcu last year i wouldn't say it's a dark horse but i feel like uh i feel like this is the time for usc to to really get, to make the run and, and get get the pac-12 in um i feel like this is going to be their this is going to be one of the best la- or last best shots i mean because with their chain, with their move over to the uh, to the Big Ten, you know, like uh, them being in the Pac-12 is almost like being in the ACC, where if you win, you're kind of weaker conference, you're automatically in. And so, I think they're going to have a lot harder time trying to go through Michigan, trying to go through uh, Ohio State, trying to go through a Wisconsin that maybe Luke Fickle turns into a, a, a real contender. So, with Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner, I mean, they've got they recruited well. Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, maybe he's made a, made a few moves. I, I think they've got a chance to uh, to to make it in the. And now I'm I'm going to put them in my playoff bracket as a prediction. What about you, Scott? You think your Bulldogs can three peat? I don't know. I've thought about it. I mean, I don't even like. I I know they. I think they just named their uh, starting quarterback, but I don't even. You know, I, I don't know anything about them yet. Uh, I'd love to say, like you said, they they have all, uh, you know, a very solid team. Just depends who's going to be running it, and uh, you know, just what what all they have left over from last year that they can they can build on. It's possible uh, as far as the East goes. It's wide open. I mean, Tennessee's going to be good again. I mean, I know they lost some guys, obviously. Uh, same with Florida, but I think the East always comes down to those three. I mean, for the most part, it's been Georgia and Florida, but you know, Tennessee's, you know, made, made a, made a statement last year. Uh, I don't think they're going to really drop off. Um, I think the East in general has kind of been up at least on the, you know, a talent level. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what South Carolina does. Um, but I think Georgia, yes, will win the East. Uh, as far as a playoff, I don't know. I'd say, uh, I'd love to say LSU, Probably, I don't know, Ohio State or, well, Michigan maybe. Maybe Michigan again. I don't know. Um, then, yeah, I would say USC is probably a good pick. The Pac-12 is, you know, it's just evaporating basically. So, I, well, it'll be interesting to see who's comes out of that league focus this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely USC with uh, what they have with Caleb Williams. Um, it's interesting though, that, you know, they couldn't beat Tulane last year. So they're obviously, you know, even with Caleb Williams doesn't guarantee you anything, but I would say probably, probably another team out of the big 12, maybe, um, it'd be funny. I think if Texas or Oklahoma made it, then, then they're, it's like they win their conference and they just leave, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that it'll be TCU again, but I, I think someone out of the big 12 will do it. I feel like this could be this could be a year for the big brands. This could be a year for where where you get Texas, Southern Cal, maybe a, a Georgia or an Alabama, and then like an Ohio State in the playoff. And that would that would be that would just can you imagine how how like TV networks would just eat that alive? <laughs> um, 
because they just i mean you, you know they love the big brands and i mean it's, it makes it makes sense um and you know what's weird is like when you think about it like with the playoffs the way it is right now like all of that make that, that makes sense and that's like kind of what you would theoretically if you're like a executive at cbs that's what you want but when all these teams from the west coast move into uh the big 10 like then they're going to be eating themselves so you wouldn't get that theoretically but anyways we've talked about conference realignment so yeah um my take on it i feel like somehow saban maybe not gets it done but puts the pieces together this year and one of the quarterbacks for him emerges maybe kind of like Mac Jones did yeah. uh, a few years back when, when they had their big run in 2020, because at that time he was a somewhat known commodity, but nobody was scared to death of Mac Jones. And then he came out and started lobbing balls to Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle. And uh, Bama was one of the best teams ever that year. Yeah. And so I think he, he's going to get the most out of his guys. And, and I think they get back into the playoff. Another team that I've kind of got my eye on a little bit farther down the board is Washington. Um, mm. You mentioned USC um, out West, but it seems like they haven't quite been able to to take the next step, especially on defense. And I think Washington kind of sends a, a parting gift to the PAC 12 also and, and, and takes a step up with Michael Penix, who's a veteran QB. They got a good stable of wide receivers. Um, and with a high powered offense like that, they can beat anybody. As far as um, the big 12, I I think Oklahoma comes back a little bit this year. They had a bad year last year, um, but you can't keep the Sooners down for too long. And maybe Texas is back with Arch, uh, not Arch, excuse me. That's saving that for next year, but Quinn Ewers. Uh, but I think Oklahoma is actually the team to watch out for there. And yeah, so that's, that's a lot of blue bloods. I wouldn't say any super, super dark horses uh, way down the list. Um I will say another talk about the Pac-12. I feel like this turned into a Pac-12 podcast, but um, Utah. Yeah, I think Utah good. has a chance. The Pac-12 is gonna, you know, it's like it's weird because like I think the Big Ten is pretty much it, it's Michigan, it's Ohio State, it's everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we see something from Wisconsin with with a new regime. I don't, but I don't think so. I don't think in year one. Um, but the SEC, especially the SEC West, and then the Pac-12. It's wide open. Um, and Utah is another one where that's, you know, they, that's been where they've had, the, feels like they've had the talent. They've had everybody, everything they need, but they just haven't been able to get it done. Um, I, I think that, and they have Florida on the schedule again this year. They beat Florida last year. Uh, I think, I think they'll probably beat them again. I would pick them, you know, right now. Um, so I think that's one to watch as well on the West case. Yeah, um, I'd say in addition to all that, so nobody's uh, putting any action on Colorado just yet. Right? Mm. We're going to give Dion a year. I, I don't think he year. can come out of the gates. Dion. Okay. Well, considering how bad they were last year, I think like four or more wins is like a pretty good for yeah. uh, Dion. I have to look up what their over-under is on the win total. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think it'll be... Uh, I think they'll do well. I mean, they're, you know, they're all leaving anyway, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of judge from what Dion did at his previous school down at a, you know, Jacksonville state. But uh, I think this will show if he would be for real or not. I mean, you know, he took all his, he's, he's got his own players. Uh, you know, any coach does, but it's like when you move in and you like, you bring all your guys with you, that is. And it's kind really- of yeah, right. It is very <laughs> unique. Um, he definitely brings a, you know, uh, something extra that I would think a, a lot of coaches may or may not have, which I think would lead to camaraderie with the players. You know, Dion was a player. He's very well-known player and he just brings chutzpah, you know, like when the comment about the Louis, uh, but I, I don't know if you saw, they had a, I don't know, there was some fight. He <laughs> was asked about it, and he said, "I wonder. I, you know, I was mad that some guys weren't in there. <laughs> some guys didn't get in the fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny we were talking about it. It's like, don't you kind of want to fight at football practice in the fall camp? You know, uh, but it's yeah, it's interesting. So I, I think he'll he can bring something out of that program. Uh, first year to make it to the playoff, doubtful. But you know, I don't know if anyone's expecting that." Um, and Tommy, you said a, a little bit ago something about uh, a down year for Alabama. I mean, 
isn't a down year for Alabama, like just two losses. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll still have nine to ten wins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could go undefeated in regular Too much season. Talent. Yeah. So I, that, to me, that, that's a down year for Alabama is if they just they lose once or twice before the playoff and then they're out. So yeah, to them because they expect to win everything all the time. Uh, we know that's ridiculous. You know, can't tell them that. But uh, yeah, I mean, all we need to do is just beat them for our game and who cares what else they do the rest of the season as long as we win the others too you know true of course could see them in the playoff again so that's why you hope they get that second loss don't know where it would come from though y'all want to want to bring it back to the tigers maybe what position groups or players or something to, to look out for yeah um i mean obviously quarterback i think is that's probably our strength returning on the offensive side of the ball um Jaden Daniels ranked as one of the you know top quarterbacks in, in, in returning this year, Heisman, potential Heisman contender. Um, I, I think the main question with him is, can he throw the ball now? Can, is he, is he going to be able to throw it with poise and with precision and actually throw it down the field? That was his one, maybe the one thing that kind of held him up. Uh, I think that we've talked about this a lot because we've got a lot of action in the portal going uh, this year at the running back spot. Um, but really who's going to step up and be the, and be the bell cow for us, or is it, and, it, and is it going to be a few different guys? Is it going to be, you know, different guys in different spots? Um, I mean, we've talked about, we talked about Josh Williams. We talked about Noah Kane, Logan Diggs coming in from Notre Dame, Trey Bradford, who was off the team, then on the team, then back on the team, then off the team. Now he's back. Um, <laughs> and then of course, John Emery, who's been here for six years. And maybe we can get some, maybe, maybe this is the time where he, he was supposed to bust out two years ago. It didn't happen. Then he had academic issues. He didn't bust out last year. <laughs> so maybe he busts out this year. Uh, I mean, I think those are, you know, those are the two position groups I look at the wide receivers. I think we're, that's probably our, our biggest strength outside of Jaden Daniels. I think um, we're real deep in wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what I was going to say is a, position where we kind of need to have a guy though at wide receiver number two opposite um Malik neighbors because last year it was supposed to be um Kayshawn Boutte one Malik neighbors yeah. two and then the rest and now Kayshawn's gone and Malik neighbors proved that he can be that number one receiver and go-to target for Jaden Daniels but we've had a, a host of other people who have had some production but not necessarily standouts including Brian Thomas uh Kyron Lacey a transfer from UL uh, Chris Hilton, and then there's a few other kind of newer recruits, Shelton Sampson, uh, Landon Ibietta. They've had Aaron some kind Anderson. of buzz. Yeah, Aaron Anderson, the, the big transfer from Alabama. They've all had a lot of buzz. Um, so they'll be fighting for playing time. And I think week one, we'll see what Brian Kelly's strategy is there to fill that Z position, um, get get it going on in the wide receivers. I'm not so worried about running back. I think we have enough talent across the board to support it, even if we don't have a true like bell cow back. Um, on I'm defense, to see how they use all the different backs. Right. I think we've got a lot of different weapons with different skill sets, and I want to see how that how that plays out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting, top to bottom, because even like true freshman Caleb Jackson, who we didn't talk a whole lot about, he had two touchdowns in this mm-hmm. most recent uh, scrimmage yesterday. So uh, maybe he's, he's moving up the list there. Yeah. I think uh, Nuss had like 111 yards in the, the scrimmage and 75 came on like that one play with, uh, with Caleb Jackson. So yeah, it's like, who's going to step up? Who knows? Maybe he steps out uh, in his freshman season. It, it could be anybody. Um, you know, I, I think we have a pretty solid line coming back including tight ends uh, who are also uh, going to be catching balls. I can't imagine that Mason Taylor just kind of disappears from the offense. You oh, know? Yeah. So uh, we have that. Then we had, um, was it Primpton that came in? Uh, mm-hmm. That's, you know, he, we could see him there too. So yeah, I think wide receivers are good. We're good at running backs. Uh, we know we have pretty much, a, well, we know what we had last year at quarterback. I think we'll see, you know, uh, a, a, not new, but just an improved uh, Jaden Daniels. Um, I'm I'm really excited and intrigued about our defense, uh, particularly the defensive line, because you know uh, I think we're gonna have to rely on them earlier on just to kind of see how the secondary shakes out. You know, we've had some guys hurt, so uh, we have starters there, but um, 
uh, I think the the stronger our line play is, the the less we'll have to shuffle around. You know, um, I'm really excited to see what Mason Smith can do. You know, then you have uh, Mikai Wingo coming back, um, a, a solid starter. So I I, I hope our our defense can. And then you know you have Harold Perker, Perkins lurking around there. So uh, I, I'm excited to see what our line and our linebackers do. The, the linebackers are going to be very good this year. You know, first of all, Harold Perkins, who I think has the chance to be the, the best, uh, the best defensive player in the country. Uh, he reminds me so much yeah. of, of Will Anderson. It's, I mean, I think he's like kind of the, the heir apparent to that kind of player to be that kind of player in college football. But we're hearing a lot of good things about Omar Spates from camp, mm-hmm. the transfer, uh, the transfer uh, linebacker. And then of course, Greg Penn, who's been somebody who's been a, what a, four-year guy for us yeah he's really um, coming to his own last year as a as a leader on the field yeah and then you also another one we're hearing a lot of good things about is with weeks the freshman um of course his brother west came in and i think where did he come from virginia 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 yeah. yeah yeah and so wit wit for wit actually you know came in this year as a freshman um you know proper but um i'm excited about the linebackers i feel like we haven't had incredible linebackers and you know a, a real solid linebacking core in a while that's been a little bit of a hole for us so i'm, I'm excited to see them and, and i think the, the other interesting thing you talk about harold perkins uh you know last year of course he was dynamic but they really used him in kind of just package situations like pa- pass rush package it really was just kind of go get the ball go you know go get the quarterback that kind of thing i'm excited to see the progression he's made as like a, as more of a linebacker playing, you know, reading the, reading the play, playing keys and, and reacting and less of just like a, a rusher. So mm-hmm. I think that'll be interesting kind of really to see his progression. Yeah, I agree. For, for me, one of the biggest question marks on the team right now is cornerback. We, it's going to be a lot of new names there. People are going to be checking their programs for the first couple of games. Uh, similar to last year, when we had a lot of transfers and people stepping up. We're like, who who are these people? Yeah. And it's a, a lot of the same again this year, where right now it's looking like our two starting corners are again going to be transfers. Uh, Deuce Chestnut coming from Syracuse, and then Zai Alexander, who was at Southeastern Louisiana before, which not that he's a bad player. Obviously, he's winning in camp, but could be a little concerning if he, he hasn't faced Alabama or an SEC offense at Southeastern. So does Florida state try and attack him week one on the, on the perimeter with their big wide receiver, Johnny Wilson, very possible, I think. And we, we're not, we don't have a lot of depth there as well, because like we mentioned last week, JK Johnson out for probably the season with an injury, Denver Harris and kind of questionable state right now on or off the team. I think See, technically he, he's still, he, he practiced. Yeah, he was, yeah. He's, he was there Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't play. in the picture. That was a big deal. Wasn't in the yeah. team picture. And they said he was taking snaps with the third string on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so that's something. And then we have a couple of freshmen there, JV and Toviano and uh, Ashton Stamps, who's actually a true freshman who's been making a lot of noise in practice. Mm-hmm. Some people are already calling him like the next honey badger. I think that's a bit excessive, but the way that people are talking about him, he sounds like a ball hawk and could come in at kind of the nickel spot and, and look to make some big plays, big turnovers for the Tiger defense. Hey, so Stamps, Stamps is a rubble guy, and longtime listeners of the podcast will remember we've had uh, rubble corner or defensive back coach Stuart Hanna on before, uh, before a couple of times. He was high on Stamps, loved it, loved it, you know, loved him as a player, really excited about him when he committed and, and uh, eventually signed with LSU. Would love to get him on to, to hear his opinion on Stamps, but I'm hearing the same good things as, as you, Daniel, and I mean, I know that when, um, I know that I would that Stewart was telling me a lot of you know oh man this guy's really good this guy's gonna be great you know can't wait to see him at, at LSU so uh, kind of you know I, I'm glad to see that that maybe a little bit of the hype that I was hearing about has has come to uh, come to reality at camp this year. Right on. One uh, one last thing I'll touch on is it's already a bad point of the season to discuss this considering that the season hasn't even started, but a few of the Tigers may already kind of had that injury bug a little bit. And that's something that Kelly is 
going to hope that it gets shaken out before the first game. But yeah, Mason Smith has been banged up a little bit in practice. And then, like I said, J.K. Johnson out for the season. A couple of our running backs, Armani Goodwin, Josh Williams, have not practiced much, hardly at all, um, likely due to injury. And then uh, Sage Ryan, who is looking to make a big step up either at safety or nickel, or supposedly he was even taking uh, first-team cornerback reps this past this uh, scrimmage, but he left with an uh, an injury that's kind of to be determined at this point. So a few question marks there. And uh, this was something that, that plagued us in the in the later O years with, with injuries. And so I don't want that rearing its ugly head. And hopefully it's not something that continues for the rest of the season. Right. You remember that mysterious injury or one of them that Miles Brennan had where it was a, an abdomen? Upper, 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 upper yeah. extremity. Yeah, and then it was his leg or so, I don't know. It was just weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. He, you know, Brian Kelly, you know, a lot of players had talked about too the, you know, the conditioning system that they have. He's just trying to get us ready so that we don't have these injuries. Um but yeah, I mean, so far so good, right? For the most part. I mean, it would it would suck not to have Mason Smith in the opener, uh, you know, considering that's how he hurt himself last yeah, year. I know. Uh I'm I'm imagining everyone's going to be fine uh i'd say yeah the 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 group where we can you know it's like if someone's a couple guys are banged up especially the ones you mentioned uh yeah for for running back i think we're good first game we're good to go with whatever yeah let's see only thing we need is the offensive line to to stay solid got a gift wrap Jaden daniels we don't need any any tragedies there uh, Will Campbell and uh, Emory Jones got to set the edge because they struggled last year early on. That was Florida State with their DN Jared Verse was putting a lot of pressure on Daniels, flushing him out the pocket, getting sacks. Uh, and obviously they got better as the season went on, but uh, we don't need to regress. Keep our keep our man healthy and, and let him work. I feel like, man, I, I'm I'm excited about our offensive line this year. I think we've got a lot of um a, a lot of guys coming back in places that we need. And then we have like a Lance Hurd um, coming in at, as a, a nice fill in, but we're not going to, he's not going to be asked to, to start the way that Will Campbell or Emory Jones was last year. Like we've got a solid group of five guys who have, who all had a you know, solid sec experience. And then we've got some, some real talented um, underclassmen, uh, who who will be able to fill in? So I th- I think that's a you know maybe a strength for us. And this is I think this is something where you might not see it as much this year, but by next year I think that the Brian Kelly way of recruiting and and developing offensive line talent will um will really be on display. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see uh, you know kind of like when uh, Joe Burrows started in 2019. I mean we had high hopes because it's it was uh year two and we would see him in the, you know, more comfortable in the system, just uh, maybe a, a better connection with the, the group overall. Um, same thing this year. I, you know, last year it, it did feel like it took a, a few quarters to get the offense going, but like, we're going to start with all, all pistons going this time. So I anticipate a much better looking offense than last year. Right, just more efficient. Um, I totally trust Brian Kelly with the with the calls and the and the schemes and all that. It was just you know, uh, if all the players are on the same page. So I I think we'll we'll have that to look forward to. Yeah, uh, coming out of the gate anyway. Very nice. How about uh, how about we close it out with the season record predictions? Where where do we think the Tigers end up after twelve games this year? Obviously, we went nine and three last mm-hmm. year. Uh, the the win total is set at nine and a half right now for LSU. So we're in the same ballpark. I think it was at like eight when the offseason started and Tiger fans steamed it up. Yeah. Uh, regular season, I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with the let's go to the 11 and one. I like that. You don't have to you don't have to name the team we lose to. But do you have any in mind? Is it is it Bama on the road? It could be. I don't. Any, any I don't know. Teams. Yeah, I almost feel like you know. As soon as we have a team like this, there'll be you know just some like Texas A&M last year. Like what? What was that? Yeah. You know. So I. I. I yeah. I mean, Alabama is probably always a good guess. I just feel like there could be a, a surprise. 
I don't know, just something that we, you know, may, well, may have trouble handling. LSU makes it to the national championship in four year cycles, and we win on the road at Bama in those cycles. The last one was 2019. We beat Tua so. in Tuscaloosa four years from now is now. So yeah. uh, can we do it again? I hope so. Hope so. That would be pretty awesome. I mean, like when I look at the schedule and maybe it's just me kind of, when I look at the schedule and then I've just spent, you know, what, 30 minutes looking at the roster and, and looking at, I, I started to get myself hyped up. I think I need to pull myself down a little bit. I'll go 10 and two. I think that you're right, Scott. I think that we'd probably lose to Bama. I think we lose to one, um, one that's maybe, you know, like you said, an inexplicable one where it's just like, man, how did that happen? Um, but gosh, I don't know. I, I almost wanted to say 11 and one, 12 and oh, because I'm getting excited. I think Florida state, I think we're going to, I think we're going to go like Florida state scene is like one where I think, or Florida state is the, is one of the main ones where I think it could go either way. I think mm-hmm. the, I think all the others, LSU has like a should have like a decided advantage, um, ex- with the exception of Bama. So, you know, I'm 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 excited to see that first kickoff. If we, if we come out come out rearing against Florida State and we beat them like by like two touchdowns or something, I think we got a lot to look forward to. So, but I'll go with ten and two. I'll be a little bit more pessimistic. Although, <laughs> I think I wonder I wonder what our like what our record is as far as predicting because I feel like. Every year, I I feel like I'd, I'd say, yeah, LSU's going to win like nine or ten games. And there have been many years <laughs> where we've recorded and like, yeah, we won six games. <laughs> well, like that, that 2028 season. Yeah, for, for me, I'm usually the, I feel like the pessimist in this group. I kind of infamously predicted LSU to be like average at best in 2019. <laughs> and then I was high on them, I think, in 2020 and 2021. I was like, all right, we won the national championship. We can do it again. And then we we faltered a bit in those years. Um, but but this one, ooh, it's tough. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go on the over under nine and a half. We're going under. I think we're going exactly the same as last year, nine and three. Uh, Florida State, I think, is the, the key hinge game yep. between, I mean, last year, like you said, one point separated the difference. But yeah, I think we we lose at Alabama, and then there's going to be one along the way where we just lay an egg, whether that's like Mississippi State or maybe Florida late in the season. If coming right off Alabama, we're demoralized, we lose two back to back. That would be a cru- that would be a crushing two game two game stretch, right? Because even if you lose that game to Alabama, say you win the rest, there's still a pretty decent chance you can make it to the SEC championship, just like last year, um, because Bama may have lost one along the way. Uh, all you have to do is close out Florida and A&M to get there. And then that would just be a, a crusher to, to lose back to back and pretty much be wiped out of contention at that point. Um, but I think nine and three is not a bad season. Obviously a lot of schools dream of that, uh, but it would be slightly disappointing given the expectations coming in. I just think there's a few too many question marks around the team to be full throttle ahead, but I'm hoping that Brian Kelly and uh, the Tigers can prove me wrong. Do you, do you feel like that would be a wake? Would, would people consider that a letdown for Brian Kelly? Would people consider that like a, I don't want to say a failure, but like a, you know, would they, would they be down on him or would they just kind of say, okay, well, it still is year two. He peaked, he, he got a, a little bit of house money peaking early for year one. I think it's a situation where the LSU homers and, and online posters are, are going to say like, this was a bad year. Like we should have been better than nine and three. Jay nails is the best quarterback we've had since 2019 with Joe Burrow. Like this was our chance to make a deep run again. And who knows where we're going to be next year or the year after. But if, if that happened and we went nine and three again, I think a little bit in hindsight, people will look back and be a bit more rational saying, yeah. all right, with a tough sec schedule going nine and three in year two is still a pretty good win. And at that point we would be in a decent bowl game. I would assume. Uh, and yeah, it's not like we're, in the middle of the pack or, or even at the bottom. Uh, but I think that 10 win mark is very big, which he hit in the cheese it bowl manner last year. But if we can get 10 in the regular season, then Brian Kelly, he'll be, um, he'll be counting his hundreds probably. Oh yeah. Definitely Man. a bonus comes with that. I'm, I'm wondering about, you know, you mentioned quarterback for next year. Of course we haven't even started this year, but like, Gosh, we could we could. What about Nussmeyer year three? Now that might be he he might be real special. I'm excited about that. Okay, 
but let's mm-hmm. let's focus on 23 we'll get to 24 when it comes <laughs> <laughs> eternal optimist yeah future's uh, always bright I'd, uh, I'd saw something where someone was uh, asking Nussmeyer about his decision to stay. Cause you know, uh, you know, we've, we talked about it on this pod where we thought, you know, at the end of last season, someone might be leaving. Could it be him? Uh, turns out it wasn't, it was, uh, you know, Walker Howard and Nussmeyer said that he thought about it. I mean, he never entered the portal. Of course it, you know, he thought about it, but when it came down to it, I mean, the guy, he's hes an LSU guy through and yeah. through. You know, I think with him, we get the opportunity that we thought we were going to get with Miles Brennan, right? It's true. Uh, assuming he stays, and he, which he did this year, uh, and he's healthy. So I think that's all we would need with Nuss because, yeah, I think the whole fan base and most of the, you know, other teams that watch SEC, they want to see this guy let loose, right? Like he could just be a, a machine if he was the starter, and as much as he slings it, oh my goodness, who would want to catch touchdowns for that guy? Yeah, really. Uh, we'll see though. Um, yeah, maybe we'll see him something. We'll see something this year. Uh, not that you know we, we're going to have to take Jaden Daniels out for poor play or anything, but you know, hopefully, we'll have some some times where we don't need him as much in the third and fourth quarter, and we can see us. Well, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, glad he stayed. Um, I, I think he does see the bigger picture. Uh, he could change, but beware. I mean, if if you like the school, you stay. Uh, too bad it didn't work out with Miles Brennan, but I, I think it can with him. So I don't know. Do you think uh, there's anybody that that you you have thought of that would could be a breakout player this year? Diggs. Yeah. Logan Diggs. That's my guy. I think I, I think, think he's I think he's got a big chance to 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 be the, the the running back we haven't had since really Clyde. You know, that that tried and true, trusted uh you know, every down back. I'm gonna go with uh Savion Jones. We hadn't mentioned his name yet, but he's been true. kind of honing his craft as a defensive end. He was behind BJ Ojolari and uh, a few others. And now he's got his time to shine as the, the presumed starter on the edge. If he can get pressure rushing the quarterback, that takes a lot of the, um, the pressure off of our uh, corners who may not be as comfortable in the new scheme. So look for Savion Jones, hometown Louisiana prospect to uh, make a big statement right at the beginning, chasing down Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I had to pick one. I would, uh, I would say one of two. One would be, I guess, Mason Smith because we, <laughs> we, you know, we didn't really get that opportunity last year, so I'm expecting uh, a, something big there. Uh, also, I'd say I don't you know. I don't know if it's. I mean, we kind of expect him to be the next guy at wide receiver, but I mean, like uh, it would be great to have somebody that could. I don't know if we'd have two, but you know, something like if we. Like in 2019, you know, we had Joe Burrow, but a lot of that was because he had uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, two guys that were, you know, just neck and neck, just super talented. Uh, now they're two of the best uh, receivers in the league. So I, I know Malik neighbors could be one. I'm wondering if there would be another two there, but I would expect huge things out of Malik neighbors. Uh, be great if someone could join him. Sure. I like that. Yeah. But any, what else? Is that uh, any final thoughts, I guess? I'm, I'm going to close it out with, a, we got football this week, week zero. Uh, the only real kind of game of note is Navy at Notre Dame, but not in South Bend. It's being played in Dublin, Ireland, similar to last year's kind of first game. So it's uh, set for 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 Central. Uh, so check that one out. And then there's a, a number of other kind of minor games Vanderbilt gets on the on the schedule as an SEC um, team with Hawaii coming to town. So I it may not be exactly premium programming, but it is college football. So watch for that this Saturday. Right. I'm sure some some eyes will be on it. There'll be plenty of comments made, you know, because of uh, all the fires and, and stuff happening in Hawaii. Just a weird time. Like there's a game going on in Los Angeles right now at SoFi Stadium, even though there's a hurricane going on or tropical storm now i think but 
yeah, uh, it's uh, God bless Hawaii. I'm sure they'll do something at the game, right? They'll probably, I don't know, have some sort of fundraising thing or something. Yeah, uh, which is which is great. Uh, and you're right, Daniel. It is football. We'll take it, even if it is Hawaii <laughs> playing against Vanderbilt. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll take it. So, um, be be nice to see something. I mean. The, you know, the pros have their preseason games, which is okay, but nothing really, you know, it's 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 kind of like watching a scrimmage. Uh, so, uh, but then, yeah, after that, it's that big Labor Day weekend, which we're all looking forward to. I don't know, Tommy, any, any final thoughts from you? Ah, man, I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm you know, getting more and more hyped for the season. I feel like uh, I'm excited getting, getting myself more, pumped up that I think we're gonna have a good year and say, let's, let's just get it underway. I agree. Uh, and that's why I gave my prediction. I'm, you know, I'm excited about the season. I think it could be a really good one. Uh, it is the timing with this team, you know, with every four years and playing so-and-so on the road. And uh, I, I factored all that in just so you know, uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. Tired of, you know, just reading stuff about camp, just, Ready to ready to just see some guys warming up on a Saturday or I guess Sunday in our case uh, for a game. So definitely looking forward to it. Uh, I will say this: one of my final thoughts. I went to a uh, a buddy of mine as a coach uh, at a local high school in Atlanta area, and uh, he just you know I just went down there and saw one of his games, and it was actually my old high school versus our rival at the time, McIntosh versus Fayette County. Not well known as football powerhouses, um, but you know, still a good rivalry, right? The Iron Bowl is always good, even if both teams are not good. Yeah. So uh, same thing, and they came back and uh, my <laughs> uh, McIntosh was down like eighteen to nothing. I'm like, oh my goodness. And, you know, they corrected their mistakes, came back and won. But what I realized while I was there was, and I don't know if this was the case when I was in high school and playing this because. How often do you listen to the opposing team's band, you know, but they were the Fayette Tigers and they have the same touchdown song as LSU does. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And I could have sworn I heard them doing neck. I don't think they know what that means, but yeah. I could have sworn I, 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 you know, you know, the song, yeah. it sounds familiar. I, I didn't hear them doing that, but I know I heard the, yeah, and I, I I just know it. So it's very interesting. Uh, you know, I was a little conflicted because obviously I wanted my alma mater to win, but I get to hear. I get to, it got me in the mood. You know, every time they would score, you could hear. Dun, 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 you know, so it was cool. Uh, but yeah, Macintosh won. Thank goodness. Nice. So that'll pretty much do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Tune in next week. We will have our preview of the FSU game as well as some of the other marquee games as well. I, I would imagine big weekend for college football, and we will only be one week away at that point, which is nice. So check back with us, folks. Uh, and until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.